Brothers and sisters, good morning. Thank you. Suffering makes us do weird things. Suffering makes us do weird things. We've seen it week by week in our gospel stories. Just last week, for example. Do you remember the gospel story from last week? Of course you do. You're geniuses. The gospel story last week was the story of Jesus who stilled the storm and the sea. Yes, it was in the boat, and the apostles were terrified because waves and wind ripped at the sails, and Jesus was asleep on a cushion in the front of the boat. They were terrified, and so they questioned him. Do you not care that we should die, that we should perish? And Jesus stood up in the boat, and he spoke to the storm. You ever spoken to a storm before? Said a word to it, issued a command, and it listened to him. And everything was still. And the apostles, again terrified, but now of a new thing, questioned Who then is this man? Who then is this man? This question is is really what's at the heart of every single one of the great works that Jesus does. Each of his miracles, not just an act of compassion, but an opportunity to reveal a little bit more and a little bit more an answer to that question. Who is this man? Every time he heals a cripple, makes a blind man see, every time he feeds the hungry, every time he shows a little bit more who he is. Now, this miracle of the storm, it's amazing, is it not? Wouldn't you be amazed if you were there, if you saw it, actually? This is not just like some poetry, right, where we say, oh, yeah, like, like it's not a movie. This happened in real life. If you had seen that happen, <laughs> wouldn't you remember it? Probably for the rest of your lives, you know, and at like, I don't know, high school open houses or, or you know, uh, uh, retirement parties. You'd sit down with a beer and some pretzels and everyone would be swapping stories, everyone trying to one-up someone, and you say, yeah, but you'll never believe what I saw. One time I was in this storm and this guy stood up and he ta- told the storm to stop and it did. You'd always remember it. The disciples certainly remembered this for the rest of their lives, yeah? Actually, No. How is it that they forgot? How was it that only a few weeks, a few months later, when Jesus was arrested and tried and tortured, that they seemed to forget who he was? They all scattered. Suffering makes us do weird things makes us forget things that we know for certain, makes us forget things that we've seen, that have been verified, that rest in our hearts in sure places. Suffering, 
And maybe not just suffering, maybe fear of suffering makes us do strange things and become strange people. We see two other examples of suffering in the gospel story today. Yeah, Jairus's daughter, uh, Jairus and his daughter, Jairus' daughter, and the woman with the hemorrhages, with the issue of blood. And You've probably heard these stories before. Probably this is not the first time you've heard these stories. But today, as we, we go through them a little bit, I want to encourage you to read them maybe in a new way. Listen to them in a new way. Today, read them entirely from the perspective of Jairus, the synagogue official. Okay? Okay, I'm going to take the lack of head nodding as an okay. Great, we're going to do it. Jesus, it says, proceeds from one shore to the other. After having stilled the sea, he gets back in the boat and says, we're going back. And they do. They go back. And there, a large crowd gathers to meet him and he is moved with compassion. He moves into the crowd, and you can imagine a, a sort of bubble almost emerging, people stepping back, making room as someone, maybe a little better bred, maybe a, a little higher in stature, a synagogue official approaches Jesus, Jairus. And Jairus, it says, falls prostrate at Jesus' feet and does him homage. This is the act of a desperate man. This is a man in desperation whose daughter, the light of his life, his most prized thing on earth, is near the point of death. And so he does this last-stitch effort. He goes to Jesus, the man whose name is on everyone's tongue. Everyone is talking about this Jesus. Some, not so flattering, some talking of great wonders and things that have happened. He goes to Jesus, does him homage, and, and asks humbly and straightforward, please, my daughter is at the point of death. Come, please, lay hands on her that she may live. And Jesus says, okay, show me the way. And Jairus must have been overjoyed, led him, began to lead him back to his house through the crowd. You know that feeling when you're going through a crowd that's, that's a little bit packed and you kind of got to give a shoulder here and an elbow there and move from person to person. The crowd is, is surrounding them, almost smothering Jesus. And you can imagine Jairus excited, but probably also frustrated with how slow going it is through the people and at a certain point in time, do you know that feeling when you're leading someone through a crowd and you know you've lost them? And Jairus looks back over his shoulder and Jesus says, who touched me? We hear from the apostles, oh, you're saying who touched you? Look at the crowd. Can you imagine Jairus' reaction? Who touched you? Who cares? My daughter is dying. Please, let's, let's go. Let's go. And Jesus begins searching through the crowd. No, no, who touched me? And eventually he finds someone and starts up a conversation with her? Danger levels here, people. Jesus, 
priorities, levels of urgency. My daughter is dying right now. I'm sure she needs your help, but can we, can we come back to her? And Jesus speaks with her. And after having spoken, she, approaching in fear and trembling, says, daughter, go. Your faith has saved you. Be cured of your affliction. And as Jesus is, is having this conversation with this woman, a messenger, as he's giving the last word, a messenger from Jairus' house comes and tells him, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? What did Jesus see in Jairus' face in that moment? What did he, what did he see in Jairus' heart Jesus, who knew the thoughts of the Pharisees as they were plotting against him, what did he know about Jairus' thoughts? Whatever it was, whatever he saw, whatever he read in Jairus, whatever he knew, he said at just the perfect time, no, don't be afraid, just have faith. He said, no, 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 where you're going, don't go there. Suffering, fear of suffering may make you someone you're not. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. And he said it at just the right time, right before Jairus was about to go over the edge. He had enough faith left to be able to say, fine, come with me to the house. And he led Jesus to the house let him inside, and just as he had said, his daughter was not dead, but asleep at least so far as God was concerned. He said to her, little girl, arise, and she did, and people were astounded. <laughs> Jesus that day, because of Jairus' faith, cured this little girl but what if he hadn't? What if, or maybe a better question, what happened to her later when this little girl became an old woman and probably suffered herself? Would that have meant that Jesus failed or that suffering got the last word or that God just didn't care? What is God's posture towards our suffering? In each miracle, in each wonder, Jesus reveals a little bit more and a little bit more of who he is. And we see as he heals once and again, as he makes calm, as he delivers a word of peace and of authority, that Jesus reveals his posture towards suffering. We hear it in the first reading today. God did not make death, nor does he rejoice in the destruction of the living. God doesn't look out from a lofty throne down at our suffering and say, oh, good, well, yeah, he deserved it, so. No, no, no. God is not content with suffering. He comes to heal, but he does more than that because his life lasted 30-some-odd years. Instead, as we hear in our second reading, he gave even more. He said, though he was rich, Paul says, 
For your sake, the Lord Jesus Christ became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. So Jesus was rich and said, no, let me touch that poverty. Let me touch that suffering. And as he embraced it and took it on himself, he entered into it in a way that allowed an exit route for us, a way to make sure that suffering did not have the final word, a way to make sure that suffering and death, which he despised, was not the end, but now only another step in an eternal relationship with him. Brothers and sisters, fear and faith, faith and fear. Fear of suffering can make us do weird things. It can make us forget things that we know to be sure. It can make us choose things that we would never choose and become people that we are not. Rather, with confidence that Jesus is who he shows us that he is, with confidence that Jesus is who we've always known that he is, when we suffer, and we suffer, do not be afraid. Just have faith that this God is God for you. Does not rejoice in the destruction of the living. Did not make death, but came that we might have life and have it to the full. Not just once, not just for an episode, but forever. Faith and fear. Have faith. Amen.